Hey, and welcome to episode 27 of the Sunfire Tavern, which is our podcast for gamers and geeks where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV. Pull up a chair each week and join me, Clark, and my co-host, Ollie, as we discuss the hot topics from the last few days. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and now Google Podcasts too. Uh, you can also email us with any questions or comments or feedback at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Hey, Ollie. Hey, what's up, Clark? How you doing? Ah, uh, all good. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Weather's been uh, turning up. It's been pretty nice in the UK, actually. So, um, yeah, we've been... had all the weather today. Yeah, right. I mean, it was like so. Yeah, so I went out for a run today, and it was sunny. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll go for a nice run. And then it started snowing. Um, and I think this really goes to show what the hell UK weather really is. You know, you just don't, you just don't really know what's going on. Like, how you have to prepare for everything. You know, just like snow, rain, sun. He all in cold. the same day. All in the same day. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I mean, I, I noticed the snow this morning, and I was like, "Wow, okay." Yeah, it's like, um, why, where, how? Global warming. We need, well, maybe it's not the global warming, but I, I do wonder, and and this is probably me just being a conspiracy theorist. Um, if the fact that everyone's been indoors for so long, and and the cities and all and all that kind of stuff have effectively been turned off, if we are going to start seeing the kind of the effects of that positively with the environment. Oh, like seeing weird changes and weird weather situations and stuff. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the lo- at the beginning of the whole coronavirus thing, I think there was. I remember reading an article showing like some of the environmental benefits of us all like kind of disappearing. I think like a lot of like oceans cleaned up because of yeah. the lack of like fishing and stuff like that. You know, um, and yeah, it was pretty cool to see. Obviously, you know, we'll see was. You know, well, the UK, I think we're at like what sixty percent vaccinations now or something like that. Like we're getting quite high, so. Um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens when people start are able to move around again. But yeah. Hopefully, we'll get locked back indoors. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I've been secretly enjoying lockdown a little bit more than I probably should have. Mm-mm-mm. So, on the topic of uh, enjoying lockdown, what have you been? Uh, what have you been playing? What have you been watching, Clark? Um. So, what I've been playing this week, I did a little bit of Binding of Isaac. Um. Uh, because there's an expansion either out or coming out, but it's not out on Switch yet. Oh, okay. Um, have you seen? Like, there's a big update coming no, out. No, I was not it's called Repentance. Repentance. Mm. Is that already out? Is that a thing? Uh, no, I've not heard of it. I mean, I played a lot of the original Binding of Isaac, but I haven't played like because I know they did the remaster and then added loads That's of content to that. But yeah, is that they're effectively cleaning up the game? They're cleaning up the graphics. They're uh, adding like a, an engine boost or something. Okay. Uh, and there's like 150 new items, tons wow. of new levels and stuff. So, um. Yeah, so I started playing Binding of Isaac without that expansion, and ended up getting sucked back into it for a while because mm. that game is a hole that you get pulled into. Yeah, uh, played a bit more Door for Romantic because uh, I don't know if we, if we talked about that before the tiles so. game. No, so really uh, it's a game I spotted on Steam that came out last week, and it's like a couple of pounds to buy. And if ever you've played Carcassonne, mm. it's like a single player version of Carcassonne. Oh, cool! And it's beautiful, like it's hyper relaxing. Uh, you like you like put these little hexagonal tiles down, and each edge of the tile has got like a different biome on it. So it can be like fields or trees or houses or whatever. And you effectively just have to build like big chunks of whatever that thing is. And occasionally you'll get one with a quest on it that will say like you have to put match six houses together, but it can be no more than six. Hmm. Like you can't overload it, or whatever. And it's just it's super relaxing, super easy to play. And there's like a roguelite element to it as well, where every time you play, you unlock something a little bit more. What's the game it's, called? Uh, Dorf Romantic, which is D-O-R-F-R-O-M-A-N-T-I-K. Hmm, cool. 
it's a nonsense name. I'm sure it means something in whatever language it was coded in, but it doesn't mean anything to me. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, a really good cool. game. Yeah, so I've been playing that. Uh, also, been for some reason I've gone back into Pokemon Sword and Shield after finishing Ultra Sun on the 3DS emulator. Mm. I went back to Sword and Shield because so now I'm going to start collecting all the uh, Ultra Beasts in Sword and Shield. And a couple of other people in uh, a, a gaming community that I'm in have wanted to start collecting them as well. So we're all joining up together to do that. Cool. Uh, and then the big one, which has taken up pretty much my entire week, has been Monster Hunter Rise. Yes. Which I assume you're playing as well, I think. Yes, I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it after we go over what you've been playing as well. But yeah. Um, my God. Like, what is it about that series? <laughs> It just I mean, speaks to me on every level. Yeah, it's so, it's so great. It's so good, like Monster Hunter. So I guess, yeah, for me, what I've been uh, playing, been playing Monster Hunter, obviously, Monster Hunter Rise, been playing that with some friends. Um, I've been watching, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen um, Line of Duty? Uh, it's a TV, no. TV show, um, BBC, like, police drama show, but basically the new season of that has started, air- has um, been airing, um, and been watching that, and I forgot how good that show is. I mean, I just love it. It's, like, very tense police drama, kind of mystery. Is it serious, or...? Yeah, it's very serious. So, it's in, like, um, it's about anti... It's, like, a... It follows a group called AC-12, who are, like, an anti-corruption group within the police force, trying to, like, basically tackle anti-corruption in the police um it's really good i'd really recommend it um it's like an hour an hour an episode and about six episodes per season and the sixth season is airing right now so yeah i'd uh 100 recommend that um what else have i been playing ah yes so um so charlie who was on the podcast last week um introduced me to a game that she had played when she was quite young uh called shadow of destiny uh, a PS, a very weird, obscure PS2 game, um, which is really weird. I, we 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 were playing it, we, so we've been playing through that. We finished it uh, like yesterday or the day before. Um, been playing it like you know in the evenings and stuff like that. And it's a story-based game, and it's a game about time travel and sort of like Groundhog Day mechanics in terms of like you know like you die and then you sort of go back and you have to like stop Hang yourself on. from dying. Does this have another name called Shadow Memories? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, has to, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You play as a blonde guy and there's a homunculus in it. Yes, you play as Ike, who is... Ollie, this is like one of my favourite games of all time that you're talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, great. Well, we could, we could talk, we could talk about this, right? So I finished this for the first time. This game. <laughs> yeah. So I finished that for the first time. Um, it's yeah, you're solving day. your own murder, isn't it? It's a murder mystery. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you solve your own murder. So you're about, it's about so, you know, finding out who... Is try is trying to murder you. Basically, you know, at, at the beginning of the game, you're just walking around. And suddenly, you just get murdered. You die. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's about finding out why who's trying to murder you and also stop your own death in some of the strangest, strangest, most convoluted ways possible. But yeah. uh, it's really cool in terms of like. So you know, I think the cool the cool thing for me was like playing this game was I was playing it and because of how like you know sort of two thousand the game came out in two thousand and one, so it's pretty like. Yeah, it's- and it's of that era as well. Like yeah, it's yeah, it's, de- product of its, time. it's definitely a product of its time kind yeah. of thing, right? So, so it seemed like it was just like kind of like a jokey, dumb game. You know, like the the voice acting is not great. Uh, the animations are pretty, you know, uh, everyone seems like cardboard uh, kind of thing. Town um, feels like it's about three meters wide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, and also you know just being stopped by dogs for no reason when you're trying to like walk yeah. around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, 
as I got to like halfway through the game, I was just treating it as if it was just a linear game, right? With not many choices, and I was just like, I was just following what the game told me to do. And I suddenly had a realization that I was like, I have a lot more items, and also when you so the the idea of the game is that you can travel through times, so you can go through like at different eras that this town is in. Um, this is in, yeah. And it's got that trope of like the same people are the same people just in different costumes yes yeah like, you yeah. know like you meet the grandma but it's still the same actress like it's the same character model uh, yeah yeah because it's supposed to be yeah. like that ancestor or exactly you know, that yeah. kind of thing. that's what they do it in tv shows yeah yeah so 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 you you try also it applies like a really weird filter to everything when you go back in time mm-hmm. um but not is... quite sepia it's it's a weird like, yeah distortion filter yeah we had like a massive argument in in, in my friend circle about whether this was sepia or not and then some people were like, no, this is definitely sepia. And then a bunch of us were also like, no, there's like, there's too much color. Like, there's no way this is sepia tone. We call it not, not sepia. So me, me and my little brother, uh, who by the way, I'm going to call out on the podcast while we're talking about mm. this. Um, my brother's just started his own podcast called Itchy Tasty. Oh. Uh, do you know the reference? If, if I say Itchy Tasty to you, what are we talking about? Oh, I have no idea. It's the first one, one of the first notes that you come across in the first Resident Evil game. It's oh, written. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So what happens is is um. One of the scientists in the Umbrella, um, uh, whatever it's called, the Institute or Labs, mm. uh, below the mansion, uh, starts to journal him turning into a zombie, right. himself turning into a zombie. And like um, over the days, it gets less and less cohesive to the point where it's like, uh, me find man and mm-hmm. eat arm. And then it's just the last comment in the diary is obviously him turning fully into a zombie, but still able to be cognition. And he yeah. just writes, itchy, tasty. Yeah. Um, so my little brother's made this podcast called Itchy, itchy Tasty. Um He's smashing it like it's a really really cool thing and they talk about um survival horror mm. and so the reason i'm calling out my little brother I just i'm also plugging his podcast a little bit here and you should check it out it's on spotify and all the other platforms mm-hmm. uh, it's because me and him played shadow Me- shadow of shadow of memories shadow or shadow of death i think it's shadow of destiny in the in the us and then shadow of memories in the eu you see i played the eu version so it would yeah. be shadow of memories uh, we played it together, and we were talking about it recently. And and he was like, talking about it and and trying to like get me to remember what it was. And I was like, this all sounds like a fever dream that I've had, but I do remember mm. this game. Mm. And he was talking about like, the the main character was like a weird blonde guy, and then there was this little like micro man thing called like a monkeyless. And as soon as he said that, yeah. I was like, Shadow Memories. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the reason I get it confused is because there was another game at the same time on on the same system on PS2 called Shadow Hearts. Mm. Do you know that one? No, I've not heard of that. No. So it's a, it's a Japanese RPG, but like um, it, it looked more in the style of what Final Fantasy X was rather than what Final Fantasy IX was. Yeah. Like, you know, tall people and uh, the combat was kind of more active. Oh, Ike is so um, tall. Really tall. Like, he's a Goliath and he's got massive hands as well. <laughs> he is like over 70% leg. Yeah, like he is he he is the tallest man I have seen in video games in a long time. It's insane. Yeah, he's so tall. So, so there's so much man to that man. Yeah, just. Um, but, but no, so so me and my little brother played um, Shadow Me- Shadow of Memories together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just so weird, like cause I never thought you'd be playing that. And mm. it's 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 one of those titles that no one really cared about. It was just yeah, it's on PS2. You can play it if you want to. But I loved it so mm. much. I love the story, like, even the music I enjoyed. The re- Oh, God, the music. I mean, we'll talk about the music in a second. But the realisation of, like, basically being halfway through the game and realising, like, okay, there's a lot more going on here kind of thing. Like, you know, like I have all of these, like, time travel points um, that you use to time tra- like travel between errors. And, like, I had a lot of items that I wasn't using. I was like, 
there's a lot more going on here than I thought. And then obviously as I started like exploring and going off of like the main path, I realized that you can actually affect a lot more than I had realized. And I was like, oh. So then I was like, you know, I asked one of my friends, I was like, without spoiling the ending, like, can you tell me like how many different endings there are or variations? And they were like, oh, there's eight. And I was like, yeah. oh. Right. So, so like, it was, it was kind of weird, because, like, obviously I'd gone halfway through the game, so I'd already, like, locked myself out of a bunch of different, um... Yeah, because one of the endings things. decided, like, right at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... But that, that was the era when loads of games had multiple endings, though. Like, it was super popular to suddenly give games, like, uh, like Silent Hill mm. 2, I think, had multiple endings. Yeah, I remember there was an ending where there's, like, they, I think it was a joke ending with the dog. And the dog is supposed to. Like, yeah. It was a joke that yeah. the dog was yeah. behind everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, my little brother was talking about that on Itchy Tasty last week. So mm. this is all going to be a plug for my. We've given up on. <laughs> we're no longer about the Xbox Game Pass now. It's Itchy Tasty podcast. Itchy Tasty podcast. Yeah, sponsored. Um, sponsored. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you want to sponsor me, then please do. Um, <laughs> give me cash. Um, right. So what was I saying? The multiple endings. Multiple endings. Yes, Thank you. Games, multiple endings. Yeah. Um, there was a load of PS2 games at the time that uh, that gave you this option of like seeing the alternate endings, and I th- sort of think it came out of games like Tekken, mm. because they were the ones where you played to see the the short endings and then unlock the next character. Yeah, and I think obviously games companies realise that people like those little cinematics, so mm-hmm. instead of giving people like Final Fantasy length endings, which were like, eight to ten minutes long at some points, yeah, they gave them like these little like, one to two minute endings and then the ability to go back and replay them because it gave you. Um, because if you remember, we were limited to memory cards at this point, yes. or passwords, if you're still going into the past. Um, and because of that, you can only, you have like a finite way of progressing. Mm. So once you save, you can't go back and do it again. So what they've obviously done is set it up so that you could set up multiple save blocks or whatever, and go back to each point in the game where you make a different decision to get the different ending. Yeah. That was that was how you used to get the different endings when I was but knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah. Whereas now you do it with save states in emulators, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot easier to do because no one's got the time anymore. Yeah. But that that game was um quite cool. As in, like, I, I mean, I, I I personally loved like time travel stories. I think this is why Charlie recommended it to me, but. Um, so I love and I love the sort of all the weird theories and stuff where it's to do with like you know you're changing things you do in the past affect the things in the future and all this other stuff. The game was a bit full of plot holes and stuff, but you know whatever. What time travel story isn't? Holes. Yeah, what time travel story isn't? But um, mm. yeah, it was it was surprisingly entertaining. Also, just to touch on the music because I said I was going to talk about it. Um, what the hell is the music in the in, in the present? It just. It sounds like I think one of my friends said it sounded like in in GCSE music class when you'd go to the keyboards and you just have to compose a song out of like the random like just notes on a keyboard. Someone had to turn on like the DJ mode. It was just yeah, pressing right. random notes. It was like what what is this music? I Why, it worked. What? I actually thought it worked. I like mean, it, 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 it I, I understand it's supposed to create tension, but it's like it, there was nothing to be tense about at that point in time. It was just like kind of like just. A random bunch of discordant notes. Just like, what the hell? <laughs> kind of the. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, so. Um... Game. It was a very good game. Yeah, it was enjoyable. It was fun to play with friends and, like, you know, talk about it as we were playing. And yeah. there's a bunch of memes now, just like, you know, the dogs being like, I guess I can't go here. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, um... It's so weird having that talk. Like, that, that is a game that I put in the past. And yeah. It's gone. Yeah. And in the in the last two weeks, it's been brought up like two or three times. Also, the it's so weird. Bloody frying pan. Frying pan. The you'll frying have to remind pan. Me, it's been probably twenty years since I played that game. There's a point where you're trying to stop yourself from being stabbed, 
So in order to stop yourself from being stabbed... Did he put the frying pan up your shirt? Yeah, you send a message to yourself in the past to bring a frying pan. <laughs> yeah, so you just randomly now. get a frying pan, yeah. and then you use that to block... You know, instead of just, hey, maybe I shouldn't be here when I get stabbed, you know? You just wear Not a frying you're pan. You're going to get stabbed. No, just wear a frying pan and yeah. keep it secret. Yeah. Exactly. And then you just have the frying pan for the rest of the game. It's like rivaling bro levels of, you know, like Brock from Pokemon. You know, like drying just, pan. You know? Yeah, it's dumb. Or Tomato, and I'm Caesar Salad. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, the oh. game's full of uh, great, great moments. But I think the way that everything sort of like. I, I love it when you have a story with lots of different threads and you see how all the threads like yeah. sort of come together. Um, I don't know if you've played it or heard this. I think I've talked about the series on the podcast before, but have you played um, the Zero Escape series like 999 and uh, Virtue's Last no, Reward? I, I know of it and it, they're, they're on my list. Right yeah, now, oh, right. so good. That That's a really good one for, for that where you have lots of well, different threads that all come together. Uh, but believe it or not, one of the games that I still say to this day is one of the best games of all time. It, it's... It's a terrible game in the series that it's in, but standalone, it is a, like an amazing example of great game design. Mm. And it's Final Fantasy XIII 2. Okay. Okay? And I, I can understand that everyone listening right now, because we do have quite a few more listeners, if you've been watching our really? stats. Yeah, we've quite a few now. Yeah. Um, I understand Final Fantasy XIII 2, on the surface, looked like a pile of trash. Mm. Mechanically, it is a, it is a fantastic game because it's got an element of Pokemon in it, where you go out and collect monsters and level them up and make them unique and powerful. But it's so it, it's got this multiple timeline thing where you've got um, so it shows you this like almost like a uh, premiere style timeline where it's like loads and loads of um, timelines running on top of each other. Right, and you, you have to keep going down and threading back through them to like undo bits in one bit to unlock an ending at the end of another one. Mm. And to this day, I've not enjoyed a game as much as I've enjoyed 100%ing that game. What's this game called? Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. Oh, okay. I really Light do get that it is not for everyone. Is that Lightning Returns? Uh, no, that's three. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, there's a Thirteen Three. Um, yeah, Thirteen Three is Lightning Returns. Thirteen Two was the one that everyone kind of forgot about. Okay, yeah. Because it was weird. It's a terrible Final Fantasy game. Like, it is not at all a Final Fantasy game in, in any way, shape, or form. But it's a great game in itself. That sounds cool. Like, I like the idea of having like, yeah, like a timeline that you're trying to like piece together. Yeah, and that's exactly what the game is. You just keep jumping back and forwards in time to find out what's going on, and there's like anomalies and breaks and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's cool. I would recommend it. Um, but I guess if you want to, we can move on to talking about the the big game of the week, which is Monster Hunter Rise. Yes, we can talk. Yes. We can talk about Monster Hunter. So, big question: What is your weapon? Uh, right now, so through uh. To give some history on my Monster Hunter experience, uh, I played Monster Hunter Freedom or Freedom Unite on PSP uh, quite a bit, and then I didn't have a 3DS, so I didn't play it on 3DS. But then I played uh, Monster Hunter World, like I have like 300 hours in it, and in that game I was a hunting horn and hammer user. Uh, I was also a hunting horn user. <laughs> yeah, hunting horn's just great. Um, it's amazing. And then, well, I, I kind of dabbled in lots of different weapons, but now I'm trying out in Rise. I'm trying out the switch act. Uh, switch. Uh, no, charge blade. Sorry, charge blade. Because um, uh, I'm also using switch axe and hunting horn in uh, Rise. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna try and do a different weapon. So I'm trying out the uh, charge blade in in Rise and. Boy, there's a lot of mechanics uh, in that game. Uh, yeah. to, to... I, I don't, I don't like the switch, uh, switch blade at all. Whatever it's called, the charge blade. Charge I'm not blade. a fan of it. I'm, I'm liking it. I'm just finding it really hard to hit because uh, I had to actually YouTube some of the stuff because the game doesn't explain it. But like, so you can charge. How it works is that you hit things with the in the sword mode, 
and then you gather the vials, and then you can charge up your shield. But now you can charge... I don't know if you could do it in previous games, but now you can charge up your sword as well. So you have both things charged, and then when you have both things charged, and you have, like, full vials... Basically, there's, like, so many levels of, like, mini goals you have to achieve so that you can then do your, like, big all-out attack that, like, you know, does a gajillion damage. But, like, I'm really enjoying it. Damage. Come on now. The damage numbers are not big in that game. What? <laughs> You got up to like two hundred at most, I think, is what I've seen. Yeah, but then you got to get the big, the big combo damage. You know, you got to like hit, sure, hit yeah. multiple times with like your big, your big, big attack. But yeah. Oh, uh, and uh, I might go back to using gun lance as well. That was actually probably the weapon I used the most in Milestone to World. I used gun lance a lot because I really enjoyed using that. Uh, in World, I was hunting corn pretty much solid throughout that game. Mm -hmm. I think I tried out um, the bow, whatever it was called, the. Um... Just the normal bow or the bow gun? Bow gun. I tried out the bow gun, hated it. Um, and then went back to Hunting Horn and pretty much finished. I, I mean, Monster Hunter World, again, I've got about 300 hours in. Yeah. Um, and then Rise, I've been playing with the Switch Axe since I started it. And I've just today, or yesterday, sorry, switched to the Hunting Horn. Mm -hmm. uh, just because I played with a, uh, well, I'm going I'm to call it a bard, because like, it is effectively a bard weapon. Yeah. Um, I played with a bard yesterday and the difference is just night and day. Like I forgot about earplugs. Yeah. And when you're fighting, um, what's it called? The white thing? Kizu? Yes, Kizu. The penis-looking monster. Yeah, the thing that looks like a penis and screams all the time. Yeah. The hunting horn just makes that fight nothing. Yeah. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but without a hunting horn, that fight is so difficult because it screeches all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were doing that yesterday, and as soon as the hunting horn turned up, I was like, okay, this is why you need this. Yeah, the buffs are just so good. Okay, so... okay, It's so, much easier to use than it was in World as well. Yeah, com coming from World to Rise, what are... Like, how are you finding the game? Like, the, the, the things they've added from, from World to Rise? I'm going to start with a negative, because I think the multiplayer is an absolute joke. Like, the way really? they've set the multiplayer up is terrible. Yeah, it's awful. In Rise? Like, well, because you've got two separate paths of progression, and you have to keep un like you have to keep proving yourself in one to move in the other. Huh. Like it's that's dumb to me. Like I don't know why there's two separate paths of progression, and also joining multiplayer is so convoluted and confusing. Why is it not just like it is in World, where it's just I'm I'm online, jump into my game whenever you want to. All like right. if I'm in the middle of a monster fight, I have to go out of that fight, close it, stop the fight completely, go back to the the hub start a new lobby, reload my game to get the lobby to open, and then go back in and start that fight again. Whereas in World, I could be fighting Kuliyaku or whatever, and someone can just jump in and help me if I choose to. I'm having the complete opposite reaction to that. I thought <laughs> okay. World's multiplayer was actually horrible. It's not as bad as like the previous Monster Hunters, but World's, World's implementation of multiplayer was real bad. Like, really, really bad. Like, the whole thing with, like, oh, you have to, like, go watch the cutscene, and then that everyone has stuff. to do that in single player. Yeah. Then you can join, then you can do the flares, and sometimes the flares wouldn't work. And then, like, you know, sometimes you just, like, get disconnected midway. You couldn't go around the, like, the hub world together. Like, there were, you, you could only see each other. That, all, that I agree with. That was all shit. Like, that shouldn't, shouldn't have been in the game at and all. And now... They've just got it so there's like an offline online mode, right? And now if you just set yourself in online mode and you just like set up a lobby, at least with my friends, I've noticed, you can just join. Like midway through quests, you can join, like you can see each other in the hub world. It's like seamless. It's like when someone oh, if joins. The lobby's not open, you can't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So, so, so That's for the us. The problem we... is, is you could be halfway through a fight mm. and you realize, okay, I can't do this fight. I need some help. Oh, can my friends come and help me? No, they can't. Mm. 
That I don't like. Like, I, I don't understand what the objective is there. So there's no, like, SOS flares or anything like that? No, nothing, nothing. Oh, jeez. Okay, I didn't know that. But yeah, like, for me, like, it's just, you know, it's so good that now I can just literally go to a friend's list. In, like, I talk to the cat. I can just go go to a friend's list, join a friend's lobby, and then they just literally appear next to me in the, in the gathering hut. And, there's, and the load... Oh, this is another thing with Rise. There's, like... The loading times are really low. I have no idea how yeah. they managed to do this on the Switch. On the but, like, Switch, yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. Like, there's like no load. It's literally like I hit a men. I hit a, I hit a button to like connect to my friend, and then there's not like a a, tra- a loading transition. He's just there. I'm just there in his world. Like, it's, it's as if like we've just like appeared. Like an NPC has appeared, right? As you know, someone's they're just loaded in their character model and their dog. Also, the dogs are great. Um, but that, that's, so while you're there, that's the point that gets me annoyed because like that's so seamless and so smooth. Mm. Why is the rest of it so janky? I guess I, I guess I guess it's just the differentiation between um, the like you said. There's there's two progression. Right? There's the hub progression, and then there's the village. Is it the village progression? I think that's what it's called. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's like to me like the differentiate. Even though you can do the hub quest solo as well, I think that's the differentiation between like solo single player progression and your multiplayer progression. Right, your hunter ranks because you can be a hunt, a different hunter rank in both of them, and I think that's, I think Monster Hunter's kind of been like that in the past. I don't remember with World, to be fair, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just shocked at how fast it loads and how seamless the multiplayer experience is now. Like, you know, like me and my friend just before we record the podcast, that there were two of us and we were hunting, doing a hunt, and we were just doing, we were also just, you know, doing all the random like, have you know, have you noticed there's like loads of um hidden like platforming puzzles now in some of the the areas. Yeah, there's loads of little like hidden. Stuff. I've actually been going around and doing those myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. Oh god. I mean, I could talk. We could talk for ages about this game. But anyway, we'll, we'll get. So much in it. Yeah, we'll get to the platforming in a bit. But anyway, like so, so like you know, and we were just dicking around in the in the in the swamp area, and we, like instead of killing the the target monster, we went and killed the other monsters just for fun. Which is really fun to do. Yeah, which is great, right? And then oh, actually, saying that, sorry, while you're there, did you know that there's like secret monsters as well? Secret monsters. Oh, what, what's your hunting rank? You Dude, I mean, I'm quite early on. I think I'm like three now. So yeah. I've, I'm in high rank, and I'm, I'm starting to progress through high rank now as well. Okay, yeah. Once you get the high rank, there are hidden secret monsters oh. that only only appear as guests in other missions, Ooh. and they don't always appear. They're they're random, and it's like a low chance sometimes. So just, just while you were there, like I was just That's like, there's another cool. feature. Yeah. It's yeah. super cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And there's also unique armor that you get from those creatures as well, mm-hmm. and gear. I love but, yeah, that. Sorry to sidetrack you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, and we were just killing the other monsters, and then our friend just logged on and was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I'm late." And then he just managed to join midway through the quest, and then he just went and hunted the Rathian while we were still dicking around <laughs> doing other stuff. Yeah. Like, and it was great. Like, it was seamless. I was like, "Why?" Like, I'm so excited. And the other thing I'm really excited for, with in terms of multiplayer now, is that you know, as the lockdown is ending, with with uh, you know, and now that the game is on Switch and it's portable, you know, just being able to just meet people in the park and just play Monster Hunter. Like, lo- like local multiplayer kind of thing, you know. I think that's going to be amazing. So, like, and it's kind of like the Monster Hunter experience I've always wanted but never had, because, like, on uh, with the PSP one, I just played solo. With Monster Hunter World, I was playing on PC, so I couldn't, like, you know, play it while it's on the tube or out and about. And now, you know, with people going to be meeting up in parks and stuff like that, it seems like this is going to be, like, a perfect, like, portable multiplayer game. So, yeah, like, very excited for that. Yeah. Oh man. It's just like there's just so much to it that's good yeah. as well. Like so, what we find because we're playing it with a, a group at the moment is that while you are limited to four people per game, which kind of sucks, mm-hmm. 
when you are having four people together, you're having a lot of fun. And yeah. we, we've got like a, um, the person who was using the hunting horn until I started doing it, they were like maintaining the healing and stuff. Yes. So suddenly you're not using materials anymore, which is great. Mm. Um, it, it should be stated that hunting horns are like mandatory for online players, especially when you get to high rank. Because mm. um, uh, they also have an ability that allows you to not glance off the monster. Yes. So like your, all your attacks are like, um, you know, big damage or blue damage. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, obviously, that's mandatory when you get to the hard stuff. And they also, the high rank monsters have an additional move each. So the low, low rank versions have their normal move set, and the high rank have their normal move set plus one or two moves. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Um, but I'm finding that now that I've done a few high rank um, monsters and got like a really basic gear set, so I've just got like the basic ore set. Mm. I can't be touched by the low rank stuff anymore. Like yeah. it just doesn't. It doesn't even like tickle me. Yeah. And I'm just standing there, like, just swinging a horn while it's, like, unloading all of its attacks into me. And I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I, don't, I don't care. Saki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me like... play you the song of my people. But it's weird, because fighting the first high-rank monster was really difficult. But mm. now it feels like I'm back to where I was in low-rank. Yeah. But in high-rank, because I've, I've geared up a little bit, and I just feel a lot more resilient. But, but still, mm. the whole game is about that constant progression track. Yeah. Because the whole thing is just a long treadmill. Yes, yeah. Essentially. Yeah, but so the current gear set I'm going to be farming is the one the monster I was talking about earlier. That, again, I forgot the name of the Kizu. white one. Kizu, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like the Assassin's Creed gear. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of cool. So I've got the helmet, which kind of looks like a. I don't really want to say, it, but it kind of looks like a foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> that monster yeah. is. I mean, disgusting. that monster, that monster is a... the, it is the grossest monster. I think my my, my, so my friend said that like they're happy to capture any monster except for the Kizu, just because it's like an abomination that should be murdered. It's so gross, but I like it because it is a horrifying looking. And also, there's, yeah. there's a cool thing with it as well. It's the only monster that has no music. Yes, yeah. And it specifically disables any music in the area that's playing when it turns up. Mm. Apparently, it's a meme online as well, yeah. and they've reacted to that meme, but. But yeah, so um, did you know as well? There's an owl's nest in the um, in the hub. Yes. Yeah. 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 I didn't. Because <laughs> you get the, the your cahoot, your cahoot, right? Yeah. I had no idea. And do you know what I went into for the first time yesterday? And this is considering that I was high rank yesterday. What? The training game. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't even god, unlock Clark. it. Well, because the so here's where my problem is with this game, and this is a huge problem with something that is like. I don't understand how this is still a problem, but the Fatui for this game is absolutely atrocious. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, for anyone listening, Fatui is first-time user experience, and it's the idea that you're coming into a game, and you've never played it before, you've never played anything in the, in the previous games in the series, so you're mm-hmm. completely new to it, and the game expects you to know a hell of a lot of stuff yep. already. Yep. It doesn't teach you, it doesn't tell you where the training area is, it doesn't encourage you to go to the training area. Uh, it just throws you into a hunt and tells you how to hunt. It does give you that. And it also tells you how to trap. But mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Everything else is in like sub-menus and there is so many of them. There is... I think this is why I'd be interested to see like with someone who... If, to talk to someone who's not... Because the people I'm playing with have all played Monsanto and we've all played... You know, we're all experienced, right? So like for us, this is great because of like how fast you can just get into a multiplayer. Like, I was in I was in a multiplayer game with people in like five minutes of opening the game for the first time, which was amazing. Which is fine until your friends get above you in rank and then you can't join them. That too. But you know... <laughs> but <laughs> with like, you know, the experience of like people who've not played Monsanto before, I'd be really interested to see what it's like because it just felt like yeah there was like no tutorialization it was just kind of like go and then i don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing because it means that you're not overloaded with information as a new player but also that like you also don't know a lot of the game 
So maybe, I guess for, for the types of people who like figuring things out and kind of like having people to guide them, it will probably be a good experience for them. But then for people who are like playing on their own or solo and don't really know what to do, it seems like it's probably going to be like, you know, they're going to be 100 hours in and then suddenly be like, oh, well, there's like a training me. area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of to thing. To be clear like, though, I played Monster Hunter World for... 300 hours, I mean, you I, said, yeah. No, no, yeah, but I'm saying I got so far into it before I knew that bards could play uh, repeat songs, yeah. uh, the hunting one could repeat <laughs> the song. I've been typing the songs in manually the entire time. I didn't realize there was a button just to repeat your last thing, the encore button. Oh, no. No idea. Oh, like, no. But I, I think that's pro uh, a thing that Capcom has in general is because, obviously, they have Street Fighter and whatnot. Mm. Their whole ethos is built around learning these combos and the game not um, spoon-feeding you. Mm. Mm. So I feel like that, that has moved into Monster Hunter, but I don't think it's the right place for that. Mm. Because you want to be effective in Monster Hunter. You don't want to be like out there like I was doing with my... Um, oh, actually in Rise with my Switch axe. I didn't know it could switch. And it's just the worst thing. So I, I knew it could switch. But what I thought was, is because I only had the basic weapon, I hadn't upgraded it yet, that the switch becomes part of the upgrade. Right, okay. So I was fighting and the bar was full. So like that yellow bar was mm -hmm. full. And I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm fighting at maximum power. And it never reduced. And I was thinking, it's a bit weird. Like, this is a bit of an easy weapon to use. It turns out I'd gotten nearly nearly to hunt the high rank without ever doing critical damage to a monster or oh, high damage. No. It was all done using grey damage. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, as soon as because you have the whole thing where you switch the weapon, then you unlock the element in the weapon. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was using a paralyze um, switch axe. <laughs> Not once did I paralyze the monster. <laughs> it was a bit crap. <laughs> Turns out I was the one that was crap. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to be a very uncommon thing, right? Because like the game doesn't tutorialize how to use these weapons, and like there's so there's so much to some of these things. Like I can imagine mm. people who use the longsword, like because I think that is like traditionally sort of like the beginner's weapon with monster. It's also the one that most people prefer because it's like a giant katana. Yes, please. Yeah, it's exactly right. Because yeah, it's mm. literally big edgy Sephiroth sword. You know, exactly. Like, yeah, and but the thing is, is like it actually has quite a lot of mechanics in terms of like you know if you use the sheath attack, like you you power it up and then use the sheath attack and then it like levels up and it goes up to like level like three or five or something like that and then you get like some extra super un op anime moves when you get to like the highest th charge level but like a lot of people don't know that that's how the thing works because the only way you can find that out is like if you read through a bunch of like the hunter's notes weapon like the weapon notes or like you youtube it for example right or like someone tells you like, so, um, we're probably going to talk about the same YouTuber here, but Arex. You know yes, Arex, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is doing such a fantastic job of explaining this game. Yes, yeah. So he's just revealed the how to get like a ton of Zenny super easy using mm -hmm. that uh, mining route. Uh, which is great, because yeah. as soon as you hit high rank, you immediately run out of money. You have nothing. I mean, yeah. Your first upgrade will cost you all of your money. Oh, God. And then you're like, oh, so now I'm poor. Yeah. And the funny part is, is I've got most of the material, because getting materials is so easy in this game. Yeah. Like if you do the kaiju fight, which by the way is another mechanic we should talk about, the kaiju fighting, um, where you wyvern mount the monster, yeah, make it fight the other monster, and you could like run around the level and stuff. So, so good. So what you can do is each time you mount a monster, you have the chance of peeling off up to three materials from the mm. monster, three additional materials. Yeah. So if there's three monsters in a stage, you can get nine bonus materials per fight because mm -hmm. you you fight, but you don't use the finisher. You just uh, throw it into the wall. Yes. Jump yeah. off, and then let the other two monsters will be already be in a catchable state, yes. in a wyvern rideable state. Sorry, so you jump on that fight again, do the same thing. 
Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that, and I'm just like, well, now I'm drowning in like materials, but I haven't got any money. <laughs> yeah. The 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 excess in this game, like the the way they've streamlined a lot of the mechanics is super good. Like you know, like now, like the, like the animations for like grabbing materials is like very short. It's like you know, like one thing. And you you, like, you can you can cancel the animations as well and still get the pickups. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, it like, rolls like, halfway through the animations. Yeah, and it's like also like the things respawn super fast, and like you yeah. Know, now that you can, now that you basically. Okay, we'll go. We'll, we'll, let's let's touch on this. The mobility of the game now. The mobility, the amount of mobility you have in Rise is like staggering. It's like game changing in terms yeah, of. Yeah, because you've like, got the wire bugs and yes. the dog. Yes, you've got the dog, right? So, so this is what I realized, right? Because I was like, you know, when I when when I started like using the dog, because you can choose, you can either choose if you're playing multiplayer, you can either choose to have your um dog or palamute with you or you can bring like a feline or a cat with you and the cat is like a supportive and i was always and i you know i was always curious i was like why would you ever not bring the dog because you can like move like you can mount the dog and you can ride it like you know sort of like a horse in zelda for example right and like you know your mobility is incredible with like how fast you can move and everything and you can also mario kart drift with the dog which is amazing um but yeah, because because you know you can just chase everything and you can move around really fast. You can also you can like heal and sharpen your weapon while you're riding the oh, dog. Riding the dog. Oh my which god! Which is what like a big change. Insane. Being, a, being yeah. able to sharpen your weapon while riding a dog is a massive soul for that game. Yeah. Because charging, uh, charging, um, uh, sharpening. sharpening weapons is probably the most boring mechanic in all of the games. Mm-hmm. Like just standing there, just going. Or you watch the monster slowly run towards you and kill you. Yes. Because you can't get out of the animation. It's terrible. You do what you want on your dog, you're safe because you can just ride around. Exactly, yeah. Which is yeah. great. So um so I was always like, why would you not bring the dog? And then I started getting it more into like the wire bug mechanics of like uh which so another thing you have in the game, every hunter now has a wire bug, which is kinda of like a grappling hook. Well, it's more than that, but you know, like one of the usages of it is like a recharge you have like charges that you can use up and then they recharge. And they allow you to um, basically like Spider-Man swing. Like you literally just shoot into the air and you pull yourself towards something and you can um, basically traverse the map. Like you can wall run, you can like climb up like mountains with it and stuff like that. And then I realized that like, oh, if you use your wire bug effectively, you don't need the dog because you can just jump over any terrain in the game. Like, yep. which is crazy because like, you know, in, in Monster Hunter World, like, you know, you couldn't, there, there were obviously it would it was designed that you could, you could only go to these areas and there was a lot of impassable terrain, right? But now with what now with Rise, you can just go anywhere. Like you can just climb things. You can you can just like scale these giant mountains with like wire just, bugs, which is cr- it, so good. It like, really feels like they've sat down and just gone, okay, what isn't fun about this game, and let's make it fun. Like I'm, I'm going to repeat the the Ratatouille kaiju thing where you mm. sit on the monster's head and pull strings to make it run around. Yeah. One of the best mechanics in this game because all all I've been thinking about whenever I play Monster Hunter is I want to see those monsters fight and I want yeah. to make them fight. Yeah. And and if, if you remember in previous Monster Hunter games, whenever another monster would join, it's immediately bad news because mm. you know that you're going to die or something's going to go really wrong and it's it's stressful. Yeah. Now you want those monsters in battle. Yeah, exactly. And it's like yeah, come on, Godzilla! Like, you're like cheering on yeah. the Kulu Yaku as it's fighting the whatever it's called. What what's the name of the big monster in the game? The the final boss. I have no idea. It's the one on the front cover, the mm. purple and black thing. But you you could be fighting that, and then Kuliyaka will turn up, and you're like, right, Kuli, you're about to get ravaged. Yeah, exactly. Right. Jump yeah. on him, swipe away, and then run off. And it's 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 so good. Also, what's great is that it seems to still have uh, from World. There was like the whole turf war mechanic, where like you know the monsters, yeah. like when the monsters fought, they would have like a canned animation where like they would attack each other, and that that yeah. has 
transferred into Rise as well, but mm-hmm. you can also mount them. So it's like they've 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 seen what people liked from World, and then yeah, basically like just done it up massively in Rise. Now and, it's oh. now, now you can be part of the turf war and pick a side. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> like it's so good, right? And oh, like I could like just all the mo- like the mobility mechanics and also like the silk bind attack so you can use the wire bug charges to do like special moves with your yeah, weapons as well good. like um for example with the hammer you can do one where you just like use two charges to like fly up into the air and do like a massive like uh like you know ground Horse slam yeah, yeah. Thing. We, yeah. have and you then... seen the the invincible gambit for uh the switch axe no i have i i, I heard my friend talking about it because we also you can go into the training mode multiplayer also great. So yeah. he was like showing me some stuff with the switch axe while I was testing out stuff with the charge blade, and yeah, like he said something about invincibility, and I was like, "What?" Well, well, yeah, the invincible gambit makes you invincible for the whole run. So <laughs> the whole animation, you, you, I mean, you, I think you can take a little bit of damage occasionally, mm. uh, and if you go through like a poison cloud, you get poisoned. Yeah, but you just go down the side of the. Bo- oh, you're here again. We're gonna have to edit these out. Uh, but yeah, you go down the side of the monster. And like you spin around as you're going, and you hit three times, and your your final hit is like a big slam. Mm. And it's obviously because you're tying the monster up while you're doing it. It's such a powerful move, and it just means if you do fall out of battle, you can get straight back in super yeah. quickly. And that's what <sighs> I like about the wire bugs because when I played Hunter Horn in in World, I found I was further away from the fight more than I was in it, mm. just because I was more obsessed with getting the songs to play. Yes. Whereas in this one, you don't need to focus on it because all the songs just land automatically. Yeah. Which is which is nice. Oh, yeah, it's so good, man. Like, I just wish it had. Obviously, you know, the only thing that this version of Monster Hunter is missing from World is the, you know, visuals and 60 FPS. But like, I, th- I think they also said they're going to release Rise on PC next year or something as well, which is cool. Um, but yeah, man. Oh, I'm, lo- weird, I'm loving it, the game. It's very Switch. Like, it's very very Switch. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be weird to see it on PC, but then again, loads of games have been coming out on PC in the past few months and years. Oh, like I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn coming out on PC was one that got me. I was like, I didn't think I would ever see yeah. a Sony first line title land. And then Kingdom Hearts came out this week as well. I mean, I'm not super surprised that Capcom are releasing Rise on PC as well, considering how well World did on PC. I think it was like t- it was still top top ten on Steam, being played for like a very long time. It was a um, super successful game, yeah, but it was, it was so good. Success, yeah. Because like, that that was the one that made it accessible to the masses. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So so, like, I'm I I mean I would love to see what Rise looks like because obviously it looks great on Switch, like stylized and it's like very Japanese themed. And me being a huge weeb, I love it. So you know, really? cherry blossoms and everything, you know, looks great. Uh, that's actually one of the points of detraction for me. So really? yeah, the chef irritates mm. the heck out of me like she's so irritating <laughs> and, and w- one of the staples of of the monster hunter series is when you eat the food is always like really crazy and really cool and and unique each i'll time. give you that yeah in this one it's those little sugar balls Just dangos, like, yeah, yeah dangos, and it's yeah. that to me is like you, you've kind of phoned this in yeah it's mochi isn't it yeah like, it's like dough balls rather than ice cream yeah um it's... and yeah that, that that to me was it was a, a a pretty glaring negative of the game because mm. like you go out and you hunt for meat, and yet it's not used at any point uh, in the cooking process, which is a big part of the game. Mm. I, which I I found strange. I have a theory, which is um, to to circumvent because when Monster Hunter World originally came out, there was a lot of uh, it got a lot of flack from like Peter and um, sort of like animal activists kind of thing. Because obviously you know like you're 
killing these animals and then you know the cooking them and i mean don't get me wrong the food looks incredible uh in world and also i miss meow meow chef you know the big like buff cat yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the chef oh i loved him um but yeah like but i think probably to circumvent a lot of that they've gone like oh you know now you're just having ice cream and dangos and obviously you know it doesn't have any connotation with like you know killing and eating these animals kind of thing so yeah you get around it, 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 feels, it feels disconnected that bit does mm -hmm. and and by extension so there's the other thing that i thought was not great in this one i see what they're trying to do they're trying to add new features and whatever but it's the tower defense mechanic okay yeah so i did my first version of that just before the podcast so what do you think um i, I think in multiplayer they're okay mm. but alone they're just irritating yeah. like it's it's boring it's not fun um and it's it's just irritating because and also with the amount of jank that's going on in that, like the monsters disappear and go yeah. invisible and stuff. Yeah. Like it again feels like a feature that got about halfway through development and then they just threw it in. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Uh, How do you feel about solo. it? So so okay so for me I thought you know as like a novelty doing it for the first time I was like this is kind of cool it's interesting right the whole like I I like tower defense I like defense defense games where you like build things. And... But you've been playing balloons, haven't you? So... Yeah, I've been playing balloons. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's, I thought it was cool. It was definitely janky, like hella janky. Like the whole thing about like animals, you know, the sorry, the monsters, like they don't die; they just kind of like get hurt and then they like disappear into the ether and they just fade out of existence. Kind of thing it was a bit weird. Um, but um, I think it's a hundred percent. Do you remember in World doing the Zora Magdaros fights? Like the the ones where you had to do the defense things in that. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's genuinely some of the worst gameplay of Monster Hunter I've ever had. It was so bad. But, like, at least it's better than that. It's more well thought out than that. It was so long. Like, climbing up the back of it and then jumping back yeah. down. And it was just like, it was what is awful. the point of any of this? I'm not having fun here. Yeah, it was awful. Um, And then, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm glad at least it's better than that. Um, But, I mean, we'll see. I don't know how complicated it gets later on. Um... But yeah, doing it multiplayer was kind of cool. Also, it seemed like, I mean, probably because I did one of the early ones, it seemed like it was like almost impossible to lose. Like, I had like a bunch of the monsters just killing the the final line of defense, like the, the front door, and it just lasted for like five to ten minutes, just them wailing on it. And I was like, I, it seems like this is un unlosable. But maybe that's yeah. because it was a story mission. Um, I think I think the first one, you can't lose. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or if you can lose it, you just have to leave it like overnight or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm very excited to like dive, dive bit into it more. Like, you know, I'm still still early. I'm not even high rank, and that's where the game really. I mean, you know, you know sort of so the it's, meme. It's the game those... opens up, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. well, the way I describe a lot of games is sometimes they feel like they're 20 miles wide but about two inches deep. Yeah, this one feels like it's about two inches wide but about three million miles deep. Yeah, because like... it, it seems every time you fall a little bit further into the hole, you're like, oh, I've hit the bottom now, and then, then this whole cavern of stuff opens up, and you're like, oh, mm. I'm not. So another thing they've added is the weapon upgrade mechanic, where uh, you can use less materials to upgrade the weapon rather than crafting a new one. Mm. So you can either craft a new weapon at the tier that you're at, or you can upgrade the one that you've got in the previous slot, like in the previous part of the tree. Yeah. It will lose that weapon and, and use less materials to make the new weapon. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Like it's yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a, an in-law mechanic. So like, if you were making a new weapon using an old weapon, obviously you would lose a, use less materials. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. I like that. Like it it does feel like they've definitely pulled in some people that are like UX experts and yeah. and 
you know, experts at game design, and they've just gone, okay, you need to fix this shit because some of this is terrible. Yeah, because because from a design standpoint as well, it means that you're not you're encouraged to make earlier weapons and just keep, instead of just hoarding your crafting materials, be like, oh, I'll just craft a big weapon when I get to like the end point. It's kind of like it's like no, just keep crafting like the things up the tree, and then you'll like save on materials, and also like you know you can kind of have worthwhile gear as you're going through the game. And it, it sort yeah. of feels like a progression mechanic as well then, because mm. like, you're not just building up a stash of tier 1, tier 2, tier 3, tier 4, tier 5 weapons. You, you're just getting the latest weapon each time yeah. in each tier, which makes more sense. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. Like... Although the issue I'm having right now is one of the quests I've got is I have to kill those little mosquitoes and then loot them. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, is because my weapons hit so hard, they just obliterate them in the air and they don't leave bodies mm. so when i swing my horn and hit them they just pop in the air whereas if you hit them with like um the little shuriken things yes it, the you'll eventually kill them yeah but i didn't know that <laughs> yeah i remember just, you to, yeah. in world had the same problem you'd use like bow guns or something like that to just like yeah, shoot them air. cheap weapons is what you do yeah, yeah or yeah. flash bombs to get them out of the air oh yeah of course right but now, now they've got like the Argosy as well, which is the little ship mm. uh, that you send out the ships to go and get materials, and, and you can set things up there to make some money as well, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, they've got a ton of cosmetics, so the little house yeah. that you build and the music, which is great. Uh, still haven't got any artifacts yet to go on the wall, so you've got like a trinkets display. Mm. Have zero so far. Oh, still not sure where they come from. Oh my god! Um, Have you and then seen... Sorry. Have you seen the poses they've added into the game? Yeah, they're brilliant. They're okay. so good. My favorite secret favorite, my like sort of like secret favorite thing in um, multiplayer games is if they you have the ability to pose, but you also have the ability to cancel the pose uh, very quickly in multiplayer, and that's synced with other people. So you can do really janky stuff, like you can go into a pose and then walk forward, and then just like hold forward and spam the pose button, and your character will basically just like keep doing the pose really quickly, yeah. and it just looks so fun. The first time I saw that, the fact that it was synced between players, I was just like, alright, this game is like 10 out of 10. Like, it's so funny. It's so good. And you just got, you know, like, so now whenever we, like, kill a boss, like, instead of carving the materials, me and my friends will just, like, just go through the poses as just, like, the camera's panning around and just seeing these, like, glitching characters almost looking like they're T-posing kind of thing as this monster's kind of dying. Oh, so good, man. So I've gotten into the habit now of skipping that cutscene. So if yeah. you press B, you skip that cutscene entirely. Yeah. Because it, it still does that thing every now and again. Okay, rule, like, number six of game design is don't ever take control of your character away from the player yes. when you're in the game world. And Monster Hunter does it all the time. Mm. Like, especially at the end when it does that cutscene where the camera pans out and around and your character's kind of running off axis. Yes. And if you, by mistake, use like a combo or something, you'll just watch your character do the combo for like 30 minutes while the time is running out. Yeah. And all that stuff needs to go, but I'm glad they've given us the option to skip it now. Mm. Um, but me, I'm just complaining about game design because I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, well, we could talk about Monster Hunter Rise forever because there really is so much to talk about in that game, and there probably will be more next week as we go through it. Mm. Um, but So nothing much else has happened in the industry this week. It's been very quiet. Ollie, is there yeah. anything specifically that you've spotted that's gone on? So I saw I've just been like going through random articles and looking and I've saw that um CG Project Red have apparently scrapped the multiplayer for Cyberpunk 2077 which sounds pretty fair given what happened with Cyberpunk. Um it sounds like they're just giving up on that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's that's understandable given all the bugs and obviously they've got to focus on those things to fix before they really you know move on to having an idea for like you know like multiplayer or whatever. 
Um, which is a shame because I'm sure there are some people who are really looking forward to like multiplayer Cyberpunk. But um... are you talking about it in Cyberpunk itself? Or are you talking about the the standalone multiplayer game that they announced? I think it's stand. I, so this article seems to be suggesting that it's. Uh, CG Project Red has said that it has decided to reconsider its plans for Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer. So I assume that's the one inside of the 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 game. I I I mean, uh, I mean apparently it was described as a separate dedicated you know product. Uh, you know, sorry, I it's going to be the multiplayer product. mode for Cyberpunk is what it was. Yes, going to be, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. it. It just seems like that company really needs to stop with the wow and the amazing stuff and, and just sort themselves out because mm. they just keep messing up and like it's a shame we, we, but, yeah. it's, it's similar to how Bethesda annoyed people so much to the point where it just stopped being funny anymore because mm. like, now Bethesda is just a, a trash meme like because the fact that every week we expect Skyrim to come out on a different platform or something else yeah um, it got to the point where I think gamers were just like you know what we're sick of this now like just stop mm. and I feel like CD Projekt Red have, have so Years ago, someone once gave me this amazing phrase, which was withdrawing from the bank of player trust. And you can only withdraw so much from the bank of player trust before the account becomes empty, and it's very difficult to restock it because that currency is really hard to come by. Mm. And I think CD Projekt Red's account is very much empty. Like, I just don't think people care about that game anymore. Yeah. Because it, it came out to such fanfare, and we all wanted it to be great, and it was okay, it was fine. And they broke all the rules that they said they weren't going to break, so they did go through crunch, they did all this ridiculous stuff, they released when it wasn't ready and they didn't listen to feedback. And now they're in that situation again where everyone's just like, well, we don't really care anymore. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's uh I wish it was a different story. I really wanted Cyberpunk to be a lot better than it was. I'd hope for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. In, yeah, it's an interesting point, though, about the multiplayer being cancelled. Right? Yeah, in other news with, with CD Projekt Red, well, I mean, it's not really, but uh, apparently The Witcher Season 2, the Netflix series, has just finished, ra- has just wrapped uh, on awesome. Tuesday. That is so, good news. Yeah. So that was a good show. Yeah. It's got lots of pictures of Henry Cavill looking uh, very happy. So, yeah. Of course he is, because he's probably, he's probably making absolute bank from being I in mean, that show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Apparently Stranger Things wrapped as well, or is... Nearly wrapping. So season three, or season four, sorry, Stranger Things. Mm. It's been super quiet for like over a year, and then there was a tweet a few days ago where they talked about it being finished. Huh, there you go. So that that could be coming for Halloween this year. Yeah. It traditionally launches on Halloween every year. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's that's been about it in the industry this week, because it's it's just been... Yeah, I think as well with April Fool's Day, there, there was a few funny April Fool's gags, but nothing that really stood out this year. Mm. And I think a lot of companies do tend to be quite quiet on um, around April Fool's Day because a lot of the announcement can seem like a joke and they don't get the spotlighting they'd like them to. Yeah. So I feel like this week is always a quiet week in gaming. Um, I, saw, I saw a funny April Fool's. Uh, it was obviously done by a fan, but it was like a Persona 5 kart uh, racing. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's amazing. Oh, and someone did a kart racing game of Bloodborne. Oh, really? <laughs> so there's a there's someone working on a PlayStation One D make of Bloodborne. Yes. Uh, it, it looks so cute and great. You've mm. seen it. Mm. Um, but then someone turned that took that and then turned it into a kart game, <laughs> which I wouldn't not play. I'd quite enjoy that. Oh my god! Oh, another other thing that happened. So we talked about Balan Wonderworld last week, and uh, every now and again it pops up because it's just a shit show watching that game fall yes. to pieces. Um. So. 
a, an old older gamer on Reddit pointed out that they recognise the music in the game, and some oh. of the music is not just it's not ripped, but it's like inspired by Sega Knights. And I thought that was what it was going to be. Mm. Really not. What they've done is they've taken the Ghostbusters uh, cinematic soundtrack from the first Ghostbusters movie and just reorchestrated it. What? It, there's a track that's like an exact copy of a track from Ghostbusters. And it, it just seems every week that game has another thing. Because last week there was an announcement where the final boss was giving people epileptic fits and seizures. Oh, God. So but they patch it out very quickly, which to their credit is a very fast reaction to it and good for them for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game just can't catch a break. Yeah, man. I've got no hopes for it because it's such a terrible game, and I wanted it to be great because I'm a massive fan of Sega Knights, and I was like, yeah. if this is coming after Sega Knights, it's going to be amazing. No, fails in every possible way. Uh, and the, the one of the people I know that's um, somewhat involved in it um, has been quite loud in saying that it is a kids' game, and I'm not supposed to enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, but I work in game design. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to enjoy it to see what a bad game is. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, but which is a shame because I do feel bad that she's um, obviously not going to mention names or whoever this person is, but I do feel bad that she's joined at a time when this game has come out and it's been a bit of a flop of a launch. Yeah, and I know what it's like to have a game that's, that doesn't launch well. Mm. Uh, Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> Diablo. Yeah. Um, but in other news, I've started my new job today. So oh, I'm now working for another games company, which I'll probably talk about in a few weeks' time when I'm a bit more confident about what's going on. Mm. Very interesting stuff going on, and I'm in a much more impactful role now, so I can actually stop complaining about stuff that can't get done and be the reason why it doesn't get done. <laughs> which is going to be great. That's fun. Ah, uh, so yes, responsibility. On... Yeah, back with responsibilities again, which is mm. great, because the last six or so weeks I've been doing nothing. Well, yeah. relatively nothing. Yeah, mm. I've been doing working out and stuff. But yeah, so, I mean, that's been the week. I can't really think of anything else, so I guess we can wrap it up there if you'd like. Yeah, sounds like sounds like yeah, it's been a quiet week, and we just had our Monster Hunter episode. It sounds like. Uh, well, to yeah. be fair, after last week's like hour and forty minutes or thirty minutes, whatever it was, because we talked a lot last yeah, week. Yeah, we, we did talk a lot. Yeah. We we need to regain the time. <laughs> Speaking of time travel, we need to suck the time back out of the internet now. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's um, but yeah, so this has been the Sunfire Tavern episode twenty-seven. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, at Sunfire Tavern, so using the hashtag, oh, not the hashtag, the tag at Sunfire Tavern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, and now on Google Podcasts as well. And if you want to drop us an email, please do. Uh, you can email us at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Uh, we'll pick up your emails, and if, if you want, we can read them out on air. Uh, Ollie, any final words? Uh, none from me, except for thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. Cool. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.